let's um let's get into some of the stuff we need to talk about today just to just to to kind of level us out from last uh week we had talked about uh, a leader having a being able to to high level multi multitask to be able to high level multitask so that that means at high levels tasking being able to handle various tasks in excellence. There's very little drop-off because there's more than one major thing to do. When there's various demands and pressures, simultaneously there's very little drop-off. And in those situations, a leader recognizes that they're not in a normal situation. You know, they recognize that so they can't operate business as usual. Sometimes we have a way we flow but a solid leader understands when there's a lot of things coming at them at the same time, it's not a storm or it's not a catastrophe, it's a demand for that, that wisdom and that greatness on the inside of you. So you have to recognize you're in a different place in a different situation. Jesus recognized he was in different situations, you know, knowing that, here, I gotta take care of these people, but I also gotta get on this cross. You know what I'm saying? So just understanding, I mean, even, David recognizing while he was operating as a um, a king to various situations or as a warrior, you know, so knowing that, okay, I got to be able to take care of this and this at the same time, but I can't drop off on either area. So we have to understand that. And it takes, you know, of course it takes a lot of wisdom, takes a lot of uh, focus, diligence, and um, being locked in, but we have that ability on the inside of us. Just sometimes we dismiss it. We go, well, no, some, there's something in our design that says, well, once I lock in on this one thing that I think is serious, I've automatically, I'm automatically excused for everything else that comes at me. So, so if it doesn't happen or if I drop the ball, well, hey, you got to understand I was doing this one thing. That's not how God is, is equipping us um, because there's that's when the devil attack. When you when you have a something serious that you're focusing on, he's gonna come at you with something else. But that demand is not on you. Demand is on the God within you. But when you reject it, you reject it because you say, "I can't do this." But the scripture says, "Be confident in this very thing that He has begun a good work in you will perform it. He'll work in you to willing to do His good pleasure." It says, uh, "We must decrease so He can increase." Right? And so, how you decrease when when you're depleted? How are you depleted when all these demands are on you? It empties you, but guess what? Now you're going to tap into that, that godly generator, that spiritual generator. So high-level multitasking, and we talked about that last week. We also talked about a leader operates in high levels of patience, high levels of patience. Scripture says in Luke 21, 19, through patience you possess your soul. Now what we do is when things coming at us, we excuse ourselves to say, well, it's just too much coming at me and I'm overwhelmed. Being honest about that you're overwhelmed is a good thing, but thinking that gives you permission not to deal with the situation anymore is a bad thing. So we tell ourselves we're overwhelmed, so it's okay for me to shut down. It's okay for me to check out. It's okay for me not to go to work. It's okay for me not to do my homework. It's okay for me not to parent my children. Like it's okay for me not to deal with that situation. But when you go into your, your, your hiding place, when you go into your hiding place, everything out there doesn't change. It's still waiting on you. Oh, well, I take that back, it does change. Uh, when you deal with it later, it's greater. 
right? So, so, so that's why you you don't you don't, you don't you don't get to excuse yourself. Then we also have this little thing where we get ourselves busy in doing something, a bunch of things that are not important. So we don't have to deal with what is important. You don't want to do that. that. Not as we grow as leaders. God doesn't design us like that. And the scripture tells us, let's go to James chapter 1. It's one of the survival kick scriptures. It's one that I've had the opportunity to teach on for many years here in Ohio and other states. But James chapter 1, uh, verse 2 it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Um, and it's different tests and trials, but another way of looking at diverse temptations is, is um, times of measurement, right? When you, when you go to different tests and trials, there's certain times where you're being measured for, uh, for what's in you, not just for God to break you down but for you to recognize what you really can do what you really can do right it says knowing this the trying of your faith worketh patience so it's working out some patience it says let patience have its perfect complete work that you may be perfect complete and entire wanting nothing so if we don't let patience have its work within us we'll find ourselves incomplete in so many other areas you see what I'm saying? Like, like what patience, oh, I hear you. So what patience does, it actually lets us stay long enough to get what we need to handle what's going to happen. Listen, patience, what it does, it helps us to stay long enough, sit in the situation, even though it's overwhelming, even though it seems insurmountable, even though it may be hurting a little bit. It's definitely uncomfortable. But patience says, ha, ah, I'm going to hang in there and allow this situation to play itself out so we can actually get what we need to handle what's coming. But when we jump out of the situation, run from the situation, retreat, or get numb for however we use to get numb, we're actually cheating ourselves from the very tool we're going to need to handle what's going, what's coming rather, Right? So you got to let patience have its perfect work. Scripture says you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hebrews 1036. And so what God is saying is a lot of times I can't get my promises to you because you haven't done my will. My will is not a, a just a, you know, uh, fix that chair, uh, do three cartwheels, clean that room. No, my will is is you stand on track, the path that I've set before you to get you something. See, because I'm trying to get you something. Now, what am I trying to get you? I'm trying to get you what you need to handle what's coming. I say, see, again, and everything you have to handle is not something crazy. Some of the things that you handle have to handle are the promises, See, the promises come with a whole nother type of attention. A whole nother type. Like, most people mess up when they get the promises. Oh, I'm sorry. Most people mess up when they get a promise. Thinking that that's it. And they, they forfeit the promises, plural. Because they can't handle the promise. 
So something happens good, and that's when normally people get overconfident. You know, they drop their, I'm sweet now. Somebody gives you props. I was telling my wife, you know, as we grow, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I mean, we, we, we're, we, for the most part, we haven't changed, but there's been more recognition. Almost like we're approved. That, I said that with a little we're approved. <laughs> I, I, I felt that one, babe. I felt that one. Right? So... But so what I told us, I said, I said, I appreciate, I appreciate the the props or whatever. I said, but man, we can't lose sight of where we going. Getting relaxed and all of what they saying, you know. And even if we do something that not many people have done, we can't look at it. We can't get caught up in that because one, we didn't do it. God did it. Two, uh, it's what we're supposed to be doing. So I said that can keep us because. We're not close to, as we were talking, we're not close to where God's trying to take us. So how do we get there? We got to stay on course. You got to be like, like Tiger, you know, right after the Masters, he hitting golf balls 5.30 in the morning. When some people after the Masters, 5.30 in the morning, they sleep. They sleep probably for the next two months. They done got their millions of dollars from the Masters. They, they, they on uh, the Daily Show and all these different shows and interviews and all types of, got all these type of commercials or whatever, and I, they good with that. No, 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 he wasn't good with that. He was just, no, I, I got to prepare to win the next thing. And so that's how we have to think, right? But it takes patience to do that, to do God's entire will. Right, so, so again, when you operate on this patience, as we were talking about on Sunday, and they actually came out, uh, it, we saw it play out in New Jersey at the funeral how we all are connected like we all need each other right we had talked about that but see this patience helps us to communicate effectively under pressure so how do we alienate people or sometimes offend people because we're impatient now now, now, now the thing is we call it oh, I can't believe they're doing that that's not what the issue is the issue is your patience they're doing what they always do and honestly, they didn't go to your training. They didn't grow up in your house. They didn't, they didn't get your spankings. They didn't get your verbal or your physical spankings. So they don't know to do what you're doing. Not because they're less than you, because they haven't been trained your way. I guarantee you, if you sit down with them, the way they've been trained, you, you haven't been trained that way. So it takes patience to grow people to harmonize with you. It takes patience for me to share, well, babe, this, I do this for this way. I flow this, this way, that way. And then she goes, well, honey, I do this this way. But she's not wrong, and neither am I. We're growing to harmonize, to merge, to become as one. But if she goes, I don't understand what's wrong with you. Why don't you do it that way? Because that's not the way I was raised to do it. I may need to adapt that, or guess what? You may need to change the way you're doing it. So what, we, what we're navigating as we continue to grow is to figure out how to harmonize, you know, not demoralize. See, see, harmonize, not demoralize, because somebody don't do something my way, right? And so it takes patience to do that, because, and some of us are used to getting things our way from when we was a kid because we spoiled, right? We're not used to having to consider others or be patient with anybody, because we never had to. Everybody adapted their life to cater to us. And sometimes if you raised yourself, you adapted your life. So you cater into you. So, so, so you, see, you, see, you see the flow there. So it takes patience when you, you're involving other people in your life. Because they're not going to do things uh, to convenience you. Uh, they, they wasn't on the, the spoil you training, you know, right? 
So it's responding, not reacting. The ability to care enough to listen. So sometimes a person's interrupting us, us so much, and you know how sometimes we only see the negative? Somebody can give you a sentence of 500 words that was positive, but within there, they said ugly. And the only thing you heard was, you trying to say I'm ugly? 499 words are saying how beautiful you are. But they might say, when you did that, that was ugly. Oh, you trying to say I'm ugly. I look ugly. See, people have always said I was ugly. No, I didn't say that. What I said was... 49, 499 words of beautiful, one on when you did that, that particular situation, you looked ugly, right? So it takes, do you care to listen? Do you care enough to listen? And so, 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 and that's what a solid leader is, has the ability to care enough to listen. So sometimes, oh, I, you told me that? It's so, and it's okay if you didn't hear. You know what's tough? is when you wasn't listening, you don't have a reputation for listening all the time. You know what I'm saying? Some, something's just not important to you, but then you're fighting the person as if you didn't tell me. As if you have a, a solid reputation for always listening. You got to at least figure in, well, this might have been a situation I wasn't listening. Or I wasn't patient enough to hear the whole sentence. It doesn't mean you tripping. It just means I ain't hear you. Right? That way we, it can help us, and especially as a leader, it helps in a conversation. So, and this is the thing, a lot of times most leaders don't care. So they aren't listening. They're focused on what's gonna make them shine, not what's, what uh, the details that helps you to flow with them. Uh, they listen only to what benefits or agrees with them. A lot of leaders only listen to what benefits or agrees with them. If it doesn't benefit them and it doesn't agree with them, they can't hear you. Right? And that's dangerous. So this is the thing. As leaders, we have to embrace, I should wear that shirt. Uh, we have to embrace stillness, not anxiousness. Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Be careful for nothing. Calm, cool, and collective under pressure. You know, we used to tell the players, don't, don't rush out of a, of a mistake. Never rush out of a mistake. So if this is, you, know, you see me, you're supposed to throw the ball, you didn't throw the ball. Don't rush to get the ball and then try to throw it. I'm not there now. Or somebody's there to play defense. So just get the ball, reset, and now recalculate the situation to see what's the best opportunity for you to pass the ball. But don't, oh, I missed, I missed him. Oh, I blew it. And now you're trying to rush to, to, to fix what you messed up. That's terrible for a leader. That's terrible for any of us. You can't rush out of a mistake. You're going to have to deal with the weight of the, and the consequences of that choice and allow it to work out for good, right? But it takes patience for that, right? See, the thing is, and then sometimes we, we spend so much our time trying to fix the one thing, right? We're not benefiting from all the things God is sending to work out for your good, to make the situation work out for good. Like, we can't even see those. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into that because the teaching on the guarantor will cover a lot of that stuff. All right, so... Uh, so patience, we possess our soul. We said we don't want to have desperate living. We don't want to be desperate as we're living because that's when you make bad choices. And see, but a desperate person is what? They ain't patient. They don't believe they're going to get what they desire, so they settle for less than they deserve. They don't believe they're going to get what they, what they desire, so they settle for less than they deserve. 
You know, it's almost like being in, a, being in any relationship because you don't think, well, this might be the last person on earth that may like me. So God fearfully and wonderfully made you, but he didn't make nobody to like you and appreciate you. But this person that's abusing you, never been there for you, always taking advantage of you, only shows up for what they can get, but they ain't thinking about you outside of that. But that's all God has. Okay, all right. Right, so that was a little sarcastic. I apologize, but it's true. It's 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 uh I used the word but then I uh <laughs> so so but so we don't wanna have desperate living. We don't wanna desperate living. Desperate living is not good for us. Uh and as a leader you can't get desperate because as you're building something or you're growing something or you're you're moving in a certain direction, there's gonna be people out ahead of you. There's gonna be people that's doing things at a certain stage better than you. Not because there's anything wrong with you, they're in their stage. You know, that's, that's, that's the struggle with the, uh, a lot of professional athletes. It's like, oh, well, he got this, so I gotta get this. Well, you're gonna get your contract. You know what I'm saying? It's his turn. <laughs> you know, you're like, like kids in a household. Why is he getting birthday presents? Because it's his birthday. <laughs> when your birthday come, you'll get presents. But imagine if the kids was doing what they do in the NFL. You know, your kids start renegotiating their birthday contract. You know, like like when it's not their birthday, though. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm holding out. I'm holding out. I'm not doing no chores. I'm not going to school. I'm not coming out my room until I get uh, birthday presents this month. Because uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what they're doing, right? I probably shouldn't have said that, but y'all get the point, right? Another thing about uh, being patient is not jumping to conclusions. Not jumping to conclusions. Jumping, see, conclusion is, it's complete, it's done. We're jumping to conclude the situation, or we can call it jumping to judgment, um, as opposed to really processing all the information. So don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good explanation for what you saw, right? A perfectly good explanation for what you saw. And so that helps us in conversation because imagine if you're a leader, you're in conversation, you jump to a conclusion without hearing all the information because you expected something from the person, they didn't get it done, and then you say because you don't care, because you're irresponsible. Well, you just jump to conclusions or or, uh, or if, if it's the other way around, you're not supportive, you're just that and the other. No, we don't want to do that. That affects our communication and can have us getting offended. A leader must maintain, Now, this is the key with conversation, so we don't want to be desperate, we don't want to jump to conclusions, but we got to maintain the conversation until we reach a mutual understanding. That takes a lot of patience. You have to maintain a conversation until you reach a mutual understanding. So most, some people don't have that type of patience. They go, when they're uncomfortable, that's when the conversation's over. And you really can't roll like that. That's not healthy because you left something on the table. You know what you left on, on the table? Understanding. You left understanding on the table. And so it's important to, to, to grow to a place of understanding. A leader must come out from uh, the cave person or caveman or cave woman mentality. And what that is is there's only I in this world and only I can have merit or value. That's that cave person mentality where my perspective, how I feel, what I see 
is all there is. And, and God is so unique in how he crafted all of us. It's impossible. It's impossible. There's always something that we haven't considered, especially when you're dealing with other people. Unless you've jumped inside their, their brain and dissected every way they process and they view things. And you may go, I know you saw that. Well, they, they might not, even within their mind, they might not process or navigate or recognize like you do. I gave you the example the other day, and I'll share it for this conversation. You know, if you, uh, okay, so I actually, I wear Adidas. So I recognize Adidas. But there's people that don't wear Adidas. They, they wouldn't even notice if somebody was wearing Adidas. Say, oh, you remember the dude, the dude with the Adidas on? Nah, didn't notice him. But imagine if I go, you saw him. He had Adidas. You had to see him. I wouldn't be accurate, would I? And let's say we were looking in the same direction. Well, you was looking the same way I was looking. How could you miss the person with the Adidas? Because they, look, this, they could be a bird lover. They could have saw, interesting enough, a hummingbird flew right in front of my face the other day. It's never happened in my life, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm saying, I was about to say they could be a bird lover. It could have been a bird flying behind a person who weren't wearing the Adidas. So they could be looking the same direction, but they're looking at the bird. And then they be going, no, nah, I wasn't looking at the person with the Adidas. You didn't see that bird? Oh, really? Seriously? There wasn't no bird. No, you wasn't looking at a bird. But you see how you have to have patience and, and take the time to understand that everybody has a different perspective. They process different. You know, some people, they walk in a situation and they go, oh, oh, we can, re we can really make this thing happen. Oh, we could do this over here. We could take that, move that over here. We could do this. And some people walk in and go, really? This box? This is disgusting. There's nothing to do. We can't do nothing with this. Same room, people look at it different. Some people see a stone. Some people see a sculpture. A sculpture. Some people are optimists. Some people are pessimists. Some people are pragmatists. Some people are realists. Realists. Some people, the way, it's a stone. It's a stone. It'll always be a stone. You know, pragmatists, some people perfectionists, right? Pessimists, some people, you know, I don't know, I don't know. They, worst case scenario is all they can see. Some people are optimists. Oh, man, we can sculpture this out of that. We can carve this out of that. Oh, you know what? They're they going to be somebody because they see beyond the, 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 the shell of the person. When you get into relationships, you have all those different perspectives. And it, it, it affects people. Remember we talked about the other week, perception. And perspective. You got a point of view, but you also have an angle of a view, right? You have two-dimensional, you have three-dimensional, right? You have all those different things. You don't even see yourself accurately. Like, do you, you don't see your whole self. Even, I know, I looked at myself in the mirror. No, no you did not. You looked at a, the, the front image of you in the mirror. The mirror can't show you all of you. It can't show you every angle. And even if it showed you, when you go to look at that angle, look, you're blind from another angle. So let's say if the mirror showed your, your, your left side and you go, can't tell, I can see my left side. Yeah, well, now that you're looking at the left side, you can't see the other side. Can't see the right side. Then you go, oh, no, I can see the right side. Well, now you can't see the left side and you can't see the back. Well, no, I can see the front now. Well, now you can't see this. You see what I'm saying? So you don't even see all of you. You don't see your whole pack. Actually, most of us only see the pimples. We only see the fat. We only see the scars. 
You know what I'm saying? We, we see the features that, that we want to get rid of and we got extra uh, bags in our face or lines. We see those. But people don't see all that stuff. They see the whole you. Right? So there's so much that we miss out, but we think we see everything. And we're limited even in seeing ourselves. Right? All right, so, so, so again, we said uh, maintain the conversation until you reach a mutual understanding. And what you're trying to do is trying to find out what you don't know. Don't have a cave, uh, cave man or woman mentality. And this is the key, hasty generalizations. I, 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 I'm supposed to write where I got this from, but I forgot where, who authored this. But hasty generalizations. So now, now everything I'm going to say is going to be generalization. Generalization is... I've just summarized it as such, right? So you have hasty generalizations, right? You have faulty generalizations, right? And then you have inductive generalizations. So a lot of times a hasty generalization is an informal fallacy of faulty generalizations. So hasty generalization is jumping to conclusion, right? So I've jumped to conclusions based on a faulty conclusion, right? A faulty core. I don't have all the information or all the angles or all the perspectives, right? And then I reach an inductive generalization, my conclusion based on insufficient evidence. Essentially, I'm making a rushed conclusion without considering all the variables. And know why? Because I don't have patience. I'm making a rushed conclusion without considering all the variable, variables. And you know what the result of that is? Offense, unforgiveness, bitterness. There's so many things I hadn't considered because none of those things are important to me. Only thing that's important to me is what comforts me, what's going to make me feel good, what's going to make me look good. What it, what it takes to really have a proper conclusion or assess the situation. So in our, I'll use uh, me and Pastor Mel. So there's no way Pastor Mel is with me with rush conclusions because, oh, this, this dude from Jersey, he don't, he, like, he's not considering nothing. He, there's no tact here. He just, he don't care. Like he's just, he's just saying anything. He's just yelling while he's running around the neighborhood. People gonna think he crazy. Um, that was my thing. I run and I was yelled at the top of my lungs. That's how I, that's how I re relieve my tension. I was just used to running in the mountains in New York. That's what I would do. Get to the top of the mountain, go, ah! you know. I'm not gonna be stressed out. So I was just, I would blow it out. You know, you understand, right? Just blow it out, right? And so, but when I got to Ohio, I was just running around the neighborhood. It wasn't in, it wasn't in the mountains, and I was just, you know, when I got around a certain lap, I'd be like, ah. You know, just top of my lungs. Ah! Like, I just, you know, I just get it out, you know? So, now, but I was on the other block, right? So I come home, and my wife was like, uh, so babe, was that you out there? I, I said, no, this is my response. What do you mean? Out there, what do you mean out there? Now, when you're asking the question, you're asking the question like it's obvious. But I'm going, she says, was that you yelling? I was like, yeah, 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 I do that when I run my laps. Look, a matter, I'm, I'm responding a matter of factly, not like it's an issue. I was like, yeah. She said, babe, people are going to think you're crazy. Look at my response. I don't, I don't really care what people think. Now, she's actually trying to get to an understanding here. Bruh, we can't have people calling the police because you're disturbing the neighborhood. 
But I wasn't playing off all that. I'm just doing what I do. But we, so we had to grow. And there's, there's little pet peeves, little wait, wait, she's slow, I'll be nice. You know, I mean, we still have pet peeves. Some of them we go, that's Mel, or she go, that's Keith. You know, then we, then we have this conversation a lot. Well, you know, we both have little pet peeves, I guess. <laughs> the way we do things. But there was a time, because she don't like certain little things. She'd be like, babe, babe, babe why, why is that important? Just let me do it this way. Then she would do something like this, like three hours later. And I'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. I probably wouldn't do it that way. She said, I guess we both have little pet peeves, don't we? You know what? Different perspectives. Variables to help us to understand how to flow together. Right? As opposed to she's the perfect person if she flows exactly like me. Well, then one of us is not needed. One of us is, is soon to be obsolete. God gave me what I didn't have, not just who I am. Because he gave me what I needed, not who I was. I was already that. <laughs> he gave me in addition to, not in replacement of, okay? All right, so this helps us to navigate as leaders because everybody that comes around us has different angles and perspectives and training and upbringing, and we're trying to find out how we all fit. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to, and this is the other thing. I, so, I, so I'm going to give her a lot of props because I'm the visionary in the house. I, I, I'm the optimist also. Um, but the gift of optimism kicked in a long time ago, 26 years ago, August 21st, because she said, she said yes. And she went down that road. The, the story is something told me to go down that road. I don't know why. But, 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 she, but the trip is she went down that road. So that means she had to see what I was going to be. And I remember when people used to talk to her, and they'd be like, uh, uh, yeah, but you said dude starting over, like, he don't, he don't even have a house. At the time I was 30. He don't even have a house. Her father was like, remember this dad, we, we, we real cool, so I can say this, so when he sees this, remember this. I talked to him on the phone, and he's like, at first he was like, Melanie, Melanie, don't do it. He don't even have a, he don't even have a house. He's 30 years old. Like, you know, and uh, I, I never told you I heard this, but, but I did get it. Hey, you think he a baller? <laughs> right? So, but, but I, didn't, I, I didn't trip on I, I said, he just give me the phone. I talked to him on the phone. I said, sir, I said, your daughter's going to want for nothing. But that wasn't based on what I had. <laughs> based on what I had, he'd be like, oh, yeah, right. But... <laughs> But she had to see, and she used to tell people, like, I, like for, I see us going somewhere. So she had to see beyond where I was at, at each stage. Even when it looked, you know, we was at the other church like 18 years. Even when it looked crazy, even when people started to flip and trip, she still had to see. She had to have patience. You know, you see what I'm saying? And that's what we need. We need patience. Like, we, if it ain't ready-made, some of us, we don't want to be bothered with it. Like, the dream got to be ready-made. The career got to be made. Med the ministry got to be ready-made. Like, everything has to be. The church got to be ready-made. The relationship got to be ready-made. That's why a lot of people are lonely. Because they don't realize it costs something for it to become ready-made. Like you can get everything you want in the relationship that God gave you by faith. 
And when I say relationship, I'm not talking about just boyfriend and girlfriend, but I am talking about that too. But the church relationship, in the family, you can get everything you need, but a lot of us haven't endured anything. The scripture talks about the blessed, the, the, the blessing for the person that has endured. But some of us haven't endured. Some of us have, have uh, we're going to use the word tolerated, but that's not endurance. Like, I'm just, oh, can't stand being around you, but I'll just tolerate you. Oh, so, but you're not getting what you need because that costs something. You have to engage. You have to participate. You have to open up. You see what I'm saying? So, but a lot of us, we can't see the sculpture in the song. And then you ever see people have regrets? They go back, that's what I was talking about in the funeral, no regrets. You know, so they, they, they bailed out too soon. Uh, what is it? Would the grass green, seem green on the other side? Grass seem green on the other side. So frustrated, they look back and go, oh my God. But then they're in denial. They ain't going to say they blew it. They'll be like, well, you know, because, uh, and then they'll try to make the wrong situation work. All because they don't want to deal with the humility that they didn't hang in there. Right? All right, so that's what temptation tries to do. It tries to take you out of the patience to to see the outcome, right? To see it all work out for your good. And so it takes a lot of patience. And, 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 and the reason why we're getting this is because God has grown us to lead leaders. And it takes a level of humility and vulnerability. One thing I was talking about at the funeral was, uh, uh, you know, in our family, we hadn't taught transparency. I was talking to my nephew. And I said, nephew, we, we've been taught how to be resilient. Like, like bring it. I said, the other piece that I've learned that's really changed my life is how to uh, uh, value or maximize or benefit from relationships. I said, that's the part that I wasn't taught early. I mean, I, I know it now. I said, and I told him, I said, I have a tremendous amount of relationships all over the world. And I said, and I'm not talking about like, you know, like, I, I was trying to get the sarcasm, sarcasm out of me, but I'm about to make a true statement how like people be having like friends on social media, but they ain't really their friends. Like, like, like when I say, when, when I say we, we have, well I said me, but we have a lot of relationships all over the world. I'm talking about real genuine relationships because we've taken our time with relationships and people. And as I was sharing that with my nephew, I was like, I said, nephew, I said, I don't think you understand what you, you say you want to do. You have people, you have much people in the city and in your life, you just ain't even using them. That's a little repeat from what we talked about, right? So it's the same thing. A lot, a lot of times we have what we need around us, but we ain't been using them, right? So it takes patience, humility, vulnerability. Um, you got to let go of some things. Forget the things that are behind you, the distasteful moments. Um, you got to be able to problem solve. Right? Not be overwhelmed because it's a problem. Because we live life like if it's a problem, oh my God, blow it up, self destruct. It's a problem. It's a no, no. The problem is placing a demand on your genius. The problem is placing a demand on your genius. It's, it's you have to pull on some genius you haven't used before, but it's in there. But instead of magnifying the problem and blaming God like he forgot about you why don't we trust the fact that God knows what's in you and he ain't gonna settle he gonna let you settle for being less than you could be so what you were willing to settle for what you said would please you 
wouldn't have pleased God and eventually it wouldn't have pleased you. So God's like, yeah, that's nice and everything and you're going to enjoy that for a while, but nah, nah, we're not stopping there, right? So th this is the thing that we have to realize. And, and so we want to, we want to, uh, how can I say, we want to merge relationships. We don't want to sow discord. The scripture says in Proverbs 6, don't sow discord among the brethren, right? So, so you know, and that's when you like roll up on another uh, brother, family member, or relationship, and you only point out the negative because you're trying to build up your insecurity by discrediting someone else, right? But then now you've actually cause a divide because you've magnified that negative when talking to that person, then now they're going to start talking about it and they're going to pass it on. No, you're supposed to be um, healing and mending relationships by pointing out the goodness in, in the people around you, right? So we got to, you know, so as we continue to grow, the other thing we have to do is we have to avoid the superstar syndrome. Like, I can only do anything if I'm the superstar, Right? No, that's not that's not healthy, right? So, so the scripture the scripture says that uh, uh, it says don't think more highly of yourself than you are. So it doesn't say think lowly of yourself, but more highly. That's that superstar uh, syndrome. This is the challenge with the superstar superstar syndrome and in being in a leader. You'll forget it's a gift. See, the superstar forgets that. Even having the opportunity to lead, even having uh, eloquence or being a good orator or being having a skill set or a talent and people are following, the superstar forgets it's a gift. And so they actually start to focus like it's because of their own might, their own competency. There's no competency of ourselves. And so when, when, when the attention is on them, they're like, yeah, I'm sweet like that, right? Since that person don't know, that's a gift. That's a gift. That's not, so, yeah, I appreciate the attention, but if it wasn't for him, I couldn't impact them, right? And so, 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 and you can lead better. I, this, as a young man was leading, uh, uh, he was leading a, a team of people, and I was, I was a consultant for this person, so I just watched him, watched him, I just had to pull him to the side, because I, I care about people. I said, listen, man, the only reason they ain't following you because every word that come out your mouth is I. I said, like, and, and some of the things you're saying I about, y'all did. <laughs> I said, so it's kind of hard for people to follow you because they're like, well, if we mess up, we're going to get the blame. But if we do well, you're going to get the credit. Nah, I'm not going to follow you. Right? And so, 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 so that's why you got to realize it's a gift, you know, and never think you're not expendable. See, the weak leader thinks they're not expendable. That, the, the, the weak superstar, everybody, they think they're not expendable, so they, they don't operate in a level of uh, appreciation and reverence. Now, that's what sometimes people do in families. They think, you know, they, they take for granted what they've been afforded because they can't see what they've been afforded because all they look at is what's making them uncomfortable, right? And this is the thing. Don't think you're not expendable because God always has a ram in a bush. So that means if you think uh, 
Yeah, yeah, y'all never be able to do this without me. Guys go, go, so think you think, since you think it's because you have done this, your power and your mind, well, I just, I got, hey, hey, Ram, come on over here, replace him. Right, so just stay humble through this process, especially as leaders. You know, and this is the thing, like, like people tolerate growing mistakes, but not prideful, rebellious incompetence. So, you know, even as us as leaders, like growing mistakes, people make mistakes. That's how you learn. That's my motto. If I make a mistake, especially if I do it once, and you can get on me all you want, because some people just want to make themselves look good. They're waiting for a chink in your armor. You can get on me all you want. I'm not even like hurt or humiliated because it's called a mistake. And if I made it, that means it's something I didn't know. But guess what? You won't be able to get on me twice because now I've learned from the mistake. I used to tell my bosses and all that. I said, oh, 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 calm down. It's, I made a mistake. I never, I didn't know. I said, tell you what, get on me if I do it twice. I, I mean, every level that I've grown, I've been telling them that. Get on me if I do it twice. But you're not going to make me feel bad because I did it once. How am I going to learn? Right? So, this, so, 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 again, we have to understand that. So that's how we are. We tolerate growing mistakes. But pride, but prideful, rebellious incompetence? See, that's just somebody that's not going to learn because they're prideful and they're being rebellious. So it's facilitating them being incompetent because they're blocking out the help that they need. See, the prideful never truly learn. You know why? Because they're only practicing simulations. <laughs> See, the prideful don't learn. See, because when I'm prideful, I'm not going to get close enough to get the, the full substance of how you do it. I'm going to be at a distance where I can watch you do it. So I may be able to mimic some of what you do on the outside, but there's a substance that makes that thing really become a winning recipe. But I'm not getting close enough to get the intangibles, I'm only watching the tangibles, what I can see. Because pride won't let me say, hey, Jamal, I, I don't know how you did that, but walk me through how you did that. Just help me. But see, pride says, well, I don't want to go to Jamal and ask him that. Then he going to know I don't know. Then he may think he better than me. Who cares? I got Jamal's information if I get close enough. I got Jamal's information with my gifts with my personality. Are you kidding? I got Jamal's information. I got Venetia's information. I got Colina's information. I got all y'all information because I be asking questions all the time. <laughs> right? Why? Like if you don't know, you don't know. What you don't know, what you don't know, you don't grow. That ain't mine. That's John Maxwell. But that's the thing. So you want to find out what you don't know. You want to operate in humility. Did I hit this alone? <laughs> I'm about to hit it like, like where's my notes alright let me just get back to if I can find where I was at well how did that happen I'll find it wow this, we've been learning a lot here huh? <laughs> it's a lot of notes alright I know we didn't do that today here we go, we coming, coming around the mountain. Patience, okay, here we go. 
All right. All right. So we said the prideful never truly learn because they're only practice simulations. All right. The other thing a leader has to get beyond that Napoleon complex. Y'all know what that is, right? You know, little man syndrome. You know what I'm saying? So, just got to get beyond. Like, and see, because that's a focus on yourself. You see yourself as small. That's like when a despised one out in uh, Deuteronomy 30, you know, and they said, we, we look as, we, we see ourselves as grasshoppers in their sight. That, that's an oxymoron. You're not in their sight. <laughs> you're in your sight. But you're going to, look, see, jump to conclusion. You, you're saying how they see you without even talking to them. How many of us do that? We're saying, oh, <laughs> I didn't, you didn't have to raise, you ain't have to raise your hands, <laughs> right? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah, really transparent and vulnerable in this case, right? But that's, but, but that's what I'm saying. People do that. They, they, they haven't talked to anybody, but they've already seen themselves in that person's sight, you know, and say, oh, I'm probably not as valuable, or they probably don't care, or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's the, that, that a Napoleon complex, too. You see yourself as small, and you're not. And so, so, so this helps us to be facilitators of harmony, not discord, not authors of confusion. You know, making choice but not complaining. Making choice but not complaining. Okay, let me see what I can end with here. I get this leaders are free in faith, operating in liberty. Free to be courageous, Joshua 1 7. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 3 17 is operating in liberty. Joshua 1 7 is free to be courageous. That liberty is important because if you recognize, if you, if you really operate liberty, you'll see that fear can't stop liberty in God. If you have liberty in God, fear can't stop you. If, if fear is stopping you, then you haven't submerged yourself in God to be able to operate in liberty. And, it, you know, and you always are in situations like I have different levels that I have continued to try to grow in liberty. And, and I've, I've ministered a lot of funerals so, to my family. Uh, so I ministered to this funeral. Board. I was praying about it because each funeral attracts certain people. And I knew this was going to be, for me, probably the biggest attraction because, um, you know, my dad was a pillar. Like, like he has so many different levels of people that he attracted and I saw people I ain't seen in, in ages and you know so you have to speak God's truth to that audience and and I had to preach in a way that I wouldn't normally preach like here or anything like that you know like not like I compromised the word or anything but there was a w the way God wanted me to package it but I had to be free that was the key uh, I had to be transparent I had to be vulnerable and uh, some of the stuff that the guy said then was done I, 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 stuff like that you don't know you have no idea. Be like, okay, I don't know how this went over, but the the uh, we, we was hearing we was hearing about the sermon. The whole was that the whole day? 
Yeah, because we changed and came back. It was the same day. Um, so it was uh, not 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 being about me, but the fact that God really impacted uh, people that we love. Uh, so it was it was, and that's the intercession. That's prayers, because people be praying that at five o'clock in the morning. You know, been praying for the, for for all of our fans, but I know they've been praying for ours. Y'all prayers was answered. People that pray early in the morning. Y'all prayers was answered. Believe me. So keep praying. It's working. <laughs> no, for real. Like, yeah, I when I have the opportunity, I'll give you the specifics. But it really was, oh, my God. Man, this is the best trip I ever had. I know I was there for a, my father passing, but it was it's the best trip I've had in New Jersey. Best funeral we've ever been in. I know this. How can you say it is the best funeral, you know? Um, but it was. Like, I didn't even realize. I didn't. I didn't really reflect on my father had passed until we were on the plane and we probably almost landed in Charlotte. Yeah, and I was like, babe. I said, babe, you know my father just passed? So it was so much going on that was so uh, phenomenal, exhilarating and exciting uh, with, with family members' lives that I, I you know, no, you know how people say you need comfort when you lose, lose someone? I got so much comfort from from my interactions with with all these people. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, but it was something. Yeah, and she had a smooth trip too, so she didn't she didn't cause no complications, you know, because she don't really like flying. All right, so we, you can talk about it later. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. But a lot of the, you know, even we had a special appearance. Somebody came out that, you know, they didn't, it was overseas. They, they're big time. They ain't had to come. But they they showed up late at night at the repass, like came in town just to just to come to support what was going on. That, I, I was just like, that touched me too. You know, huh? Yeah, that, that, that touched me too. I was like, I was like, she ain't had to do that. Like, but it was like, and then was, Taking the time to take pictures with everybody, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but I was like, you ain't had to do that either. Like, I just thought it was special, you know. So it was just phenomenal. All right. That's enough. 